Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the PHNX Devils podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's America's top-rated sportsbook app, Turkey Day. It's a new old-brainer offer that you can't miss on Turkey Day, folks. New customers can bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, when you sign up using that promo code PHNX, you score when a team scores. It's just that easy Brittany Boyer with me. I'm Shane. Hello. Not much. How you doing? Got some good food in me. Went to the Vega earlier. Feeling nice. Feeling refreshed. Ooh, my mom's making burgers, so I'm going to get some good food in me soon. If you know, that is my second favorite food behind pizza, so I'm stoked. Yes, burger. I'm a big burger guy. I had lettuce wrapped burger today, and it was burgering yummy. Yeah, but you're doing keto. That's boring. Lame. Lettuce wrapped burgers are actually kind of fire, but okay. I would much. I love the bun, though. The bun yeah. is what makes it sometimes. Yeah, for sure. 100% well, burger bun, burger bun, burger bun, burger bun, burger bun, burger bun. Time to talk about football, huh? Shane, are you – it's Monday, man. Are you over that weekend no. hangover type of feeling that comes with a loss like that, you know, especially with a late game? Oh, my goodness. That's why I'm talking like a psychopath. No, not at all. I uh, I still don't feel too great, and I'm still a little worried – about U of A, I'm not gonna lie. I talked about it this morning on the PHNX, uh, the Phoenix Sports Podcast. Um, a little bit joking when I say I think U of A is gonna win, but a little bit not. I don't know. I have confidence in these the players. That's not a question at all. I mean, this team is far more talented than U of A. Questions everywhere else. <laughs> well, we'll get all into hate week in a little bit, but let's first. And foremost, wrap up our final thoughts from the terrible nightmare in Corvallis that we had to witness. Um, very scarring loss, especially for people who have been following the team closely for many years. You know, that 2014 loss was an ugly one. One point loss in 2019. So, you know, these these losses are tough. But this one might be the worst. Um, well, not the worst. It's definitely not worse than 2014. But it's worse than 2019 yeah. in terms of the team definitely did not show up in any way, shape, or form um, to generate any sort of offensive production. I mean, it was the lowest out- offensive output that they've had this entire year. Well, look, I mean, can can ASU please just play Oregon State at home next year? Please? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's bullshit. ASU's had to play in Corvallis the last three years in a row. Like, quite frankly, 
they should schedule them for the next three years in a row in Tempe to balance things out. And not only in Tempe, since ACs had to play late in the year in November and December last year against Oregon State, they should get to be the first game on the Pac-12 schedule playing when it's in September and it's nice and hot and toasty here in Tempe still. Yeah, I mean, look, bottom line, Jaden Daniels was the leading rusher in that game with 46 yards. He had a pick and only 166 passing yards. Just not a lot of offense for the Sun Devils and some inopportune uh, scoring um, let-ups by ASU as well. Um, obviously, that long run at the end of the game um, by mm-hmm. Jack Coletto, the 47-yarder direct snap that kind of ended things. Um, and, you know, ASU cut it to seven with uh, with not a lot of time left, but still hope. Um yeah, just kind of didn't didn't go bode well for the Sun Devils after that. Yeah, I really didn't. And, you know, Herm touched on a couple different things at the press conference that I thought were really important to touch on. I mean, you know, he talked about how the identity of this team this year has really been the run game. And although they struggled against Oregon State, um, you know, it's not necessarily something they were su- surprised about struggling up there against them with. Um, but they have to be more efficient in the passing game. He said they really have to work on the flow of the offense and how the guys are uh, going to deal with this and, and actually work to correct it is going to be the crucial part coming up. You know, um, he mentioned how it's been a bit more challenging for D- uh, Jaden Daniels this year in terms of how many people have had to be subbed in and out. Um, said they really need to work on his receivers, especially need to work on doing a better job of getting open. And the offense overall, he also said, still needs to work on chemistry. I'm a little bit surprised that it took until this point in the year for Herm Edwards to touch on all of these critical things and finally admit that it's all not really going well, because I feel like it's taken him forever to actually answer any questions because he loves to talk in circles. He's very like, uh, I don't know a word, but where you talk with like sayings and whatever, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yep. He's like a walking haiku. He's 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 a he's he's talking in his hermisms. Yeah, really. So you know, I felt like he finally touched on some important things in terms of uh, what they actually need to focus on, and you know, talking about act, at least acknowledging it. That you know, when you're an addict, the first step is acknowledging that you have a problem with something. Um, that's the first step in anything. If you want to fix it, you have to acknowledge that there's a problem. So I feel like he's finally acknowledging that they really have a lot of things that they need to work on improving, but. Um, In terms of the passing game and and the lack of efficiency, uh, you know, I mentioned he said that the receivers need to work on getting open. And he touched on how Jaden Daniels had Brandon Ayuk his freshman year to bail him out of a lot of situations. That, in my opinion, the fact that Herm touches on this, he's been paying attention to what people have been talking about, how Jaden Daniels hasn't been performing. And, you know, he he sees it himself, too. And, Shane, that's something you and I have really just been harping on all year long is Jaden Daniels' inability to kind of develop into the quarterback that we think he is and Shane do you think Brandon Ayuk maybe made Jaden Daniels look better than he truly is as a quarterback because of his insane abilities to catch football I mean it definitely helped no doubt about that but I think I I mean I keep going back to I, I mean he has a role in this his freshman year he was so damn efficient and so good and when you're winning and you're the team isn't as concerned in situations it it doesn't matter if the quarterback is cool and calm and relaxed, but like when you're losing and things are going wrong, you want the quarterback to be that kind of guy that plays with emotion and passion. That's not who Jaden Daniels is. So I think the situation this year has just been, it's not, it's not, it's not the best for JD five. I mean, 
I, I don't know if he chooses to come back, which he should, but if he chooses to do so and comes back next year, pending recruiting and everything, uh, I don't know. It, it, it'll, it, it can be different, but I don't think he's taken a, like people are saying he's regressed and to regress means you've gotten worse as a player skill wise. He's definitely taken a step back this year in terms of efficiency and more interceptions and stuff, but, He's not. He hasn't gotten a worse. He hasn't become a worse passer. It's just, it's just a product of the situation. I think it's just frustrating to watch because in so many factors of where ASU is at right now, they were promised more from this team. Uh, they were promised more from Ray Anderson, and they have been for years, and it's just not coming to fruition. And so I feel like there's just a lot of irritation and anger and frustration and just a lack of patience in term of, uh, terms of letting the process play out and kind of uh, get to where it's going to go. But, um, you know, one of the things Herm also talked about in the presser today is how it's kind of funny how there's confidence that comes with the passing game. And if you look at how ASU played against UCLA, look at their the ability to pass the ball and how comfortable they looked out there, that's what they need to get back to because they haven't looked like that since then. He's acknowledged that and he said it, it comes down to the confidence factor and they have to get the confidence back. But, um, you know, he did touch on the fact that being that it's a game against U of A, it makes it easier to get the guys hyped up and focused um, and really ready for this game, um, tuned into this game, focused for this game, especially coming in off of a loss like they just did. Um, he said that that is one benefit in having this game be the final game of the season. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the confidence thing is huge in the passing game, and that's why we haven't seen a lot of deep balls from J.D. It's you have to you have to have confidence to throw a, a deep pattern or even call a deep pattern. You didn't see a lot of those called or even open at all um, against Oregon State because of the confidence. And that's not only on JD. That's on the coaching staff. That's on receivers. Um, even the one good deep ball he threw to Rashad White was underthrown a bit. Um, that could have gone for a touchdown. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm not super worried. Confidence is something you can fix. You can't just create a a well-composed quarterback out of thin air, um, and that's what JD is. He's he, he's he'll be fine. Um, I just think he needs to 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 get get right. And yeah, the confidence will come. Um, they score quick against U of A. If they build a good drive or even a quick drive with one long bomb, um, I can see it busting wide open. But mm-hmm. in this in the same sense, if if they fall flat on their face in the first drive or JD now throws I can a pick see to start. Right open. It's, there's trouble. There's trouble. Yep. Um, did, did, did he talk about penalties at all today? Because um, that's he something did. I want to hear and about. You know, Herm almost sounded frustrated, like as if he – it was as if he wanted to throw his hands up in the air and just shrug and say, like, I don't know what else to do at this point. Like, I give up um, in terms of where the team's at. Because he said it really is just all concentration. It's as simple as that. There's no excuse – for why they have so many false starts. He said they do everything, and he meant everything. He emphasized that um, to prepare the guys to deal with the environments, especially on the road, that they're going to be faced with, and they still cannot get it right. Um, and he, said he touched on how it's happening more and more overall across the college football landscape, and um, he almost feels like there's a fine line that needs to be looked at because it's happening so frequently everywhere, and he talks to all these different coaches all across the country, and he says it's a quote-unquote big thing on the ticket um, about how it's happening at such an alarming rate. So, Shane, I almost want to hear your input because I know 
ironically, when I was looking yesterday at the FBS statistical rankings, Ole Miss was one of the only big schools that's up there with a worse uh, number of penalties called against them than Arizona State. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what to say either. It's just – it's not something you see. Like, it just happens. Like, you don't know what the root of it is. And as I keep saying, we're not going to know why this is happening. If we do, it wouldn't be until after the season, if at all. I mean, I, it's it's just a it's just a disconnect. There's weird things happening on the offensive end. There's weird things with the line. And sure, the, uh, the constant – um, substitution of offensive linemen hasn't helped the Devils at all, but you got to think that <laughs> it, it's something you well, can Well, he work touched on it's not even the offensive line. He mentioned that they had three by position players. They had two on the running yeah. backs and one on the wide, on Ricky Pearsall as a wide receiver. And he but said that's, those two are unacceptable. Yeah, those, those are snap counts, though. I mean, you have to know the snap count. Why doesn't Ricky Pearsall, why doesn't Case Hatch, why doesn't the offensive line know the snap count? Um, especially coming out of a timeout. It just doesn't make sense. Um, I don't know if it's lack of preparation or just not really caring. It, it's, it's, I don't know. We've harped on this so much. We sound like broken records, but at the end of the day, it's, it's unacceptable for a Power 5 school to be this penalized in areas where they can prevent it. You can bitch about Pac-12 refs all you want, but if, if there's movement on the line... They're not getting questionable pass interference no. calls. It's not like that's what we're seeing where there have been calls in years past where you're like, are, are they really calling pass interference right here? Or something to that nature. Or a targeting call where you're like, there's no way that's targeting. But these aren't questionable situations where these are being called. It's blatant. You can see it. Like, it's there. You know? Yeah, it's 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 weird. It's just a strange, strange, strange thing. Anything else he said that stuck out to you? Um, uh, at the you know, we're going to talk more about U of A and the upcoming game against them later in the week. But I do want to touch on the fact that you know when he said they landed in Phoenix, coming back from Corvallis at five a.m. and instead of going home, he went straight to the facility and started watching film on the Wildcats to prepare for this week and prepare for the game. And so. I think that that really shows you that he wants to close out the season strong, um, that he has a good mentality. Um, I think that that's a positive sight uh, in terms of what's going to come to fruition in the long run. I think that that saying and the saying of uh, hearing that some of the guys might be coming back next year that were seniors that they were thinking about honoring that they are now not going to honor until next year um, that they're talking with the guys about. Um, those two things right there alone, I thought were big statements that, uh, without saying a lot, gave you some context as to where the, the team's at with, uh, the coaching investigation and who's going to return, who's not going to return. And if the coaching staff is going to return. So I think that that said a lot. You know, a lot in the air, um, for next year, but you know, it's not up in the air. The line that DraftKings set on this game, it's 20 points. ASU's favored by 20 points for the game at 2 PM on Saturday. Um, a lot of points to make up. I could see them getting there easily, but I could also see this being a very close game. So whatever you guys think is going to happen, you can bet on it on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Um, they've got more than just spreads. You can obviously bet on the over-under, which is set at 53 in this game. Um, you can just take U of A's money line if you want, which is at plus 800, or if you're feeling crazy and want to throw big money on ASU's money line, they're minus – 1375 which means you'd have to throw 1375 bucks for them to, for just to win 100 bucks 
um, on their money line. I like in these games where there's big spreads on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, I like to bet on first half or first quarter. So if you think ASU is going to come out slinging the ball, you can bet on their spread at minus six and a half in the first quarter. And as long as they're up by a touchdown or more by the end of the first quarter, you win your bet. Um, it's as simple as that. You can also bet on the over-unders of the first quarter. So if you don't want to bet on the whole game, completely understand why. Um, you can just bet on the first quarter of the first half. It's some pretty good stuff they have on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Lots of widely available props in the NFL and such as well. Um, as I said earlier, um, this week only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you can bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game. Uh, and if either team scores a point in that game, you get $100 in free bets. Uh, for the Thanksgiving games, all customers are also getting a risk-free bet up to $25 in a same-game parlay. If it doesn't win, you get your money back. It's safe, it's secure, it's reliable. Best of all, you can deposit with withdraw cash whenever you want, baby. Um, that's 21-plus Arizona-only gambling problem called 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Let's talk hate week. Dun, 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 dun. It's finally here. It's time to protect MP. That's all I got. I'm not <laughs> a good singer. It's a good jingle. I like that. Well, um, did Herman have anything else to say about Hey Week? He did. He had a lot to say about Hey Week. Uh, without getting too far into it in terms of discussing, uh, you know, what he's seen so far and just the general overview of Hey Week, um, he just talked about how much it, this game in particular means to the players. Um, and I have a specific quote that I pulled that I wanted to read because. I just felt like it kind of uh, hit something on the head. But uh, the more you get involved with it, the more you understand the passion of the fans and the players. The players, over the course of my tenure, you feel it from them. They understand how important it is. And I feel like, uh, you know, it's kind of like everything in terms of the more you know, the more you understand it, the more you're able to connect with it. And we talked about in the past the history of the rivalry between the two schools. And that really helps to fuel the intensity between, um, you know, the, the the players when they're going out on the field and up against Arizona, you know. So he said that uh, they're going to they, – they talked about it as soon as the players got into the facility on Sunday. He said that they're going to continue talking about it all week. They're teaching the players the history of the, of the series and talking about how far back it goes. Um, yeah, there's a lot. You know, Shane, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but they've had former players come back. Yeah, and I was just about to bring that up. Past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Juan Roque was somebody who went and did it last year. He said that they're having players do it again this year. Did you see Brandon McGee tweet out um, at ASU football that – or he tweeted at somebody that he wanted to be the person this year to come yeah. and talk to the team. Yeah, he nominated himself, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he actually has a really good quote out there about, uh, you know – never raising a kid to be a wildcat or something, but he's just one of those lifelong Sun Devils too. We've talked about his younger siblings who are going to Arizona State now that have signed with them. But um, yeah. yeah, you know, Herm just kind of touched on how for the younger players, um, they sort of understand how big of a game this is, but he anticipates that as they learn more about it this week and they really get to understand it and talk to their other teammates and be in this moment, that they're going to get the impact of the game. And when they actually reach the field on Saturday, they're going to be fired up and they're going to be just as ready as the other guys who have been there for a couple of years. So, yeah. Yeah. It'd be fun if this game turned into, or this rivalry turned into how bad can the Sun Devils beat U of A? Um, well, we beat them by 35. We beat them by 42. Like um, that'd be fun to get that. We beat them of, by 63. Yeah. it would be fun to get that um, flowing, but 
this this week is just not not aside from the game this week is just it's really special it's cool um for both sides because there's more on the line everything means more everyone has a different story about it it just brings mm-hmm. out the best and sometimes worst in people but it always ends with a good story usually um so i don't know it's it's just a good opportunity and i'm really excited to be doing this at phnx because we got some fun stuff um with the phnx wildcats coming up as well yeah we do we're gonna be having a crossover episode i'm super excited about that but yeah like i said earlier he kind of closed it up just saying he's really glad this is the last game of the season they get the opportunity to have this big game uh with so much feeling and so much on the line and it gets to come at that time of year um he said you know, it doesn't always work out schedule-wise, but um, for most other schools, but for Arizona State, it always pretty much does, and that's something that he feels very blessed about. So, yeah. Yeah, I'd uh, like to see um, um, Rashad White have another three-touchdown game, that's for sure, um, like he did in the 70-7 defeat. He had 10 carries, only 10 carries. I didn't realize that. He only had 10 carries for 133 yards, three touchdowns. The Jackson so. He touchdown was 100% one of my favorite moments, yeah. I think, in college football history I've ever witnessed. Um, and I know it came in that game last year, which or two years ago. Was it two years ago? Last year. It was last year. Last, my, last year. COVID made my whole brain confused with yep. years, and I don't yep. know. Um, anyways, that was one of those awesome moments. That was the game Ricky Pearsall really came into his own. Um, you know, it was just one of those monumental games last year. And I'm hoping that now that they're able to go into a more solid off season, hopefully fingers crossed, with not a ton of changes, um, that they'll be able to build upon what they've done. Like they did last year in terms of, um, that I felt like that really helped a lot of guys come into their own and gain confidence. And so I hope that this game does that again. Yeah, it was really funny. Um, looking at the, the box score from last year, only one kick return in the game that ASU decided to catch and actually return. It was the DJ Taylor 100-yard um, touchdown that he had off the kick. So Very smart. Um, yep. Fun stuff there. I want to say uh, what? It was like a nine-second kick return. I want to say it was like nine seconds yeah. of the game. ASU was up 7 nothing. Yeah. I um, My litmus test for the Sun Devils is can we get Trenton Borgay in the game? <laughs> yeah. Um, that, and that, that would be key, too. And – I'm not sure how much people know about Trenton Borgay, but Trenton Borgay is from Tucson. So that would be an even more monumental impact in terms of getting him in there to play. Um, Especially when you look at how many Arizona kids are on this roster for the Arizona Wildcats. Um, Yeah. If he got a chance to go out there, a quarterback and ball out, I just think that would be a insane opportunity for him. A cool one too. He he played last year. Um, He had one, one completed pass out of two for 24 yards. So, That'd be fun. Um, this wasn't even a Jaden Daniels um, game, uh, really. He was 9 for 11 in that game, if you can believe that. That's how much they ran yeah, the they ball. Yeah, they just ran the ball. Between Ngata, Chip, and Rashad White, they uh, they only carried the, or they carried the ball 36 times. It was really a running back by committee. Daniel Ngata actually leading the way in the amount of carries yeah. um, with 16. So, yeah, and special stuff coming up. Really excited for this game. Yeah. And that's, again, something we'll talk more in depth about. But, you know, just looking at that from last year and knowing statistically from doing so many breakdowns each week with, uh, you know, the Pac-12 picks of the week, even though it's hard to pick, uh, you know, you do get some 
eyes on the statistics and where teams are at and where they rank. And Arizona's rushing defense, you know, they, they struggle. They're, they have a better passing defense. But I think that, again, is because people are don't need to pass against them. They mostly just run the ball. So yeah. I think with uh, the very talented trio that Arizona State has, it should be an interesting game for sure. And yeah. Leave it so, at that yeah. and uh, get rolling into our final segment. Take a trip well, down first, to – first. Um, do you uh, do you have anything special planned for Hate Week on GoPHNX? Ooh, I almost forgot about this. Yes, I do actually. Working on a story right now, just about uh, you know, how much this game means to some of the players that are local on the team. So, uh, going to be trying to get this story done. Hopefully, fingers crossed that uh, ASU Media Athletics works with me so I can get the interviews. Um, but that's the goal to get a story about that. You know, really just talk about the history and why it drives them. And they have an opportunity to be a part of the special team this year. This team um, has the potential to win five straight over the Wildcats, which has not been done since the sixties. So really big uh, possibility on the line here. So it's going to be exciting. Love it. Well, now we get into the final segment down in the devil's lair, den lair. Yeah. Den. it says lair on the graphic, but I think den sounds better. I might have to change that. Um, Good thing this is an audio episode. So, um, ASU Volleyball, uh, they lost both games over the weekend to UCLA, and USC wasn't really expected to come out and beat both teams on the road. Um, But they finished their last week of the regular season on the road, starting out at Oregon State on Wednesday at 1 o'clock before going down to Tucson for the final game on Saturday at noon. Um, Hockey also comes back home this week to take on Bemidji State. Puck... Drop is at 7.05 on both Wednesday and Friday night. Um, Did you know that PD's going to go to that game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, P- I believe PD and Leah are heading out to that Sun Bowl hockey game on Wednesday. So, if you see them out there, make sure you give them a holler and say hello. Yep, yep, yep. Um, ASU Wrestling as well um, competed this week um, inside they of DFA. The out there. Yeah, man. beat Oklahoma. On Friday, 22-12, to 12, they've won seven of the last ten matches, with four of them coming against other top 25 individuals. So we love to hear that. Yeah, they just tore through Oklahoma. I mean, the weight classes, because I don't know how much you know about wrestling, but um, I'll break it down for people who might not follow them super closely in terms of wrestling. The difference from high school to college, because um, in, in high school, there's more weight classes than there are in college. In college wrestling, there are fewer weight classes, so there's only 10. So out of the 10 weight classes, you get one person to put up to compete and represent your school. ASU won seven of the 10 matches on Friday night. So to put that into perspective, that was a huge win over a ranked Oklahoma team. ASU's ranked seven. Oklahoma was either 17 or 19. So, you know, big win for ASU wrestling. Um They won't have another home meet for a while. It's not until after Christmas break, but that's when their schedule really picks up, and you're going to want to keep an eye on them this year for sure. Yep, and then uh, swim. You want to go ahead and give us a swim updates, Britt? I know you're a huge swim person. Yeah, I'll give you a little (laughs) bit of a swim update. I can't swim, but I can dive. I can dog paddle. You can't swim? swim. They can swim. Oh, did you not know this? (laughs) Yeah, I actually – I can dog paddle, but I can't actually swim. I almost drowned in, in high school once and they get got me floaties for our uh senior banquet <laughs> oh my it god was embarrassing anyways moving on asu swim finished out strong at the nc state invitational over the weekend shane we talked about this on friday 
with yep. the live show had they had set a couple of different school records uh, on the first and second days. But Saturday was the third day of the meet. Uh, after breaking those records, the men's team finished set overall and the women's finished fifth. Um, and they set even more records uh, across the board. So, you know, it's really something you like to see, especially early on in the season. They're doing great things. They're a super young squad. So, again, you're going to watch, want to watch them um, as well. Definitely. Um, and then uh, women's hoops got a big win against Marist on Sunday. They won 82 to 53. They hit 13 threes in the game with 10 of them coming in the first half. Only a three point, only one three shy of a program record for most threes in a single game. Um, they're going to Cancun for Thanksgiving to play a three game uh, mm-hmm. slate where they'll be kick off things against the University of Houston on Thanksgiving morning at 1130 um hopefully they and find that's their a big game. yeah for sure let me tell you why this is a big game too because last year in the, the asu basketball we all know struggled they did not have a great season last year they missed the tournament they made it into the uh the wnit in the first round of the wnit the university of houston was the team that bumped asu out i believe it was by one point and it was at the very end of the game so there's um uh, a little bit of some history between this team that's recent that is definitely going to play into how they, they end up going out there on uh, Thursday morning slash afternoon. So that's going to be a game you're going to want to keep an eye on too, with seeing how they counter and respond to this Houston team that knocked them out last year. Yeah. They lost that game 50 to 48 um, in the WNIT. Um, so yeah, close and tragic one. And obviously the big game coming up for the men, um, ASU men's pl- is uh, they're on their way to Bahamas right now for a three game slate as well, kicking things off against Baylor on Wednesday at 5 30. We'll be coming to you with live post game coverage right after the game, so don't forget to tune in. Um, we'll also be coming to you live after all the other games um, that are scheduled in that um, tournament. Um, and yeah, uh, don't forget to tune into that. So, yeah, we'll be live on Wednesday right after the Baylor game at 5 30. We'll also have a audio episode. Um, specialty from thank for Thanksgiving coming out on Thanksgiving on Thursday. Friday we'll be live um, breaking down some stuff for the U of A game. Have some fun stuff for that, and then obviously Saturday it will be um, our crossover episode Friday yep. with Mr. Mike Luke from Tucson. And then on Saturday we'll also be coming live from you or for you from uh, Tempe right after the ASU well, U of A football game. Sun Devil Stadium live show. Yep. Of the year. Sad. Wow. I, I'm surprised we are already here. This football season flew by, Shane. I'm not flew gonna lie. the hell here. by. Thank God it did. Thank God it did. <laughs> I mean, yes, but no, because like is I can't be the only person where my brain is like 2019 was like one year ago. 2020 was like not long ago. And it's actually like almost 2022. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. When did yep. we get here? Well, guys, thanks again for joining us on another episode of the PHNX Sun Devils podcast. You can follow me at Shane D. If you can follow Brittany at Lit with Brit, Lit with two T's, um, you can follow PHNX Sun Devils at PHNX underscore Sun Devils. Uh, follow PHNX Sports across all socials at PHNX underscore sports, including YouTube. Um, leave a like on our other videos because this one's only audio. Subscribe to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Um, leave a review for whatever audio platform you listen to your podcast on Spotify, Apple Music. We're on all of them. Um, and yeah, as, as I mentioned before, we'll be live after the game on Wednesday. And you heard the schedule before. We'll be tweeting it out. Um, so don't follow, don't miss it by following us at PHNX underscore Sun Devils on Twitter. Um, thank you so much. And enjoy your Thanksgiving. Get some good food in you. Um, yeah. Peace.